0: surrogacy australia's podcast series i'm your host anna mckay and my aim is to raise the level of awareness of surrogacy through these conversations this podcast is a recording from a webinar that i host and you can find more details about those and upcoming dates on our website at surrogacyaustralia.org. the webinars are free go for an hour and we'll take you through how surrogacy works in australia you can ask questions typing them in anonymously if you prefer and you hear from a co-host who has navigated surrogacy in Australia, either a surrogate, a gay dad, or a straight mum. This episode, recorded in May 2023, features Kate. Kate birthed as a surrogate in Sydney in October 2022 for a couple who were initially strangers and are now lifelong friends. She had a little girl, Vivian, for two dads, Angus and Adam. You may have seen their team featured on Channel 9's show Big Miracles and can hear Adam's version of this journey in Episode 10. In this episode, we talked about how Kate found her IPs, intended parents, and what drew her to them, only having one embryo as a team, tough pregnancies being different to your own, organizing a surprise baby shower for her IPs and being able to meet their friends and family, direct breastfeeding of Bub and the logistics that go with that in terms of being very close to each other, babysitting post-birth with the surrogate's children helping out, to now having friends, a modern family that she couldn't be without in life. I hope you enjoy this episode. So Kate, there's a lot of people happening in this photo. Tell us, <laughs> tell us who's there.
1: Okay, so I'm happily married for um, quite a long time with my lovely husband who's in the, um, the maroon shirt, I just had to think what colour it was. Um, and then the all the kids in between um, and to the left of me are all mine. I have five of my own ranging from 18 to 13. So yes, five in five years. Yes, yeah. I'm nuts and yes, I did do more. So if you haven't got any or you've got loads, doesn't matter, um, yeah. surrogacies for anyone. Yeah. And then we have um, Adam in the middle and Angus um, in, the, in the blue shirt. And then to the left of um, Angus is Corinne, who is the egg donor, and her partner.
0: Wonderful. What a village here, hey? Totally. We'll go back to the beginning of your journey a little bit later on and and how this whole team came to be, but we'll keep moving through these photos here. So I saw this photo on TV, but tell (laughs) tell us what was happening in this photo.
1: So I felt really guilty this day, actually, because I... We, I planned with the film crew to have this event because it was Gus's birthday the next day. And we said, let, they said, if you've got something coming up, let's have a catch up. And I went, perfect. It was two days after my periods were due and I wasn't going to test until because we're having the blood test on the, on the, on the Tuesday. And I'm like, I'd been peeing on, on the stick which everyone does yeah. or doesn't do yeah. secretly I did and I knew I was pregnant. So I surprised them. So instead of singing we we're singing happy birthday and I presented him with a happy birthday cake that said, I'm pregnant. Well, didn't the tears flow, yeah. but it was great. It made great TV. And you know, they were so happy. And so was I, but I felt very guilty because I pretended to have an alcoholic drink, which I didn't drink, but <laughs> they showed on TV. And I was like, Oh my God, that made me look so bad. I felt so guilty, but it was worth it it was worth every bit
0: absolutely and the big smiles on all of your faces there yeah can't fake that no no what a fun moment so it worked first embryo transfer for your team
1: yeah yeah and they only had one embryo um while I had done my transfer was doing a second round to to get more embryos because we you know I was 12 years since my last birth and I didn't know whether my body was going to know Mm. what to do I was 42 and you know it'd been a while so but it did hey it, did. it worked it yeah did.
0: so then you're, you're pregnant and then got some uh, uh, announcements here
1: yes yeah so I got some shirts made and my husband was like I need to let everyone know it's not mine like because he's a teacher and he was like he was gonna think she's pregnant again are they freaking crazy they've got five do they not know what causes it <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so yeah we're very proud to uh you know wear the shirts and I still wear mine Oh yeah. Right. Does your husband
0: yep. did he wear your husband wear it much? No, no.
1: He didn't no. wear it at school. He's a PE teacher. He he was happy to wear his uniform. Yeah,
0: fair <laughs> um, My husband and I are both teachers at the same school, so uh-huh. I got to do my pregnancy announcement in staff meeting and say, you know, sharing the good news.
1: Yes, I'm pregnant, and it's not Glenn's. Yeah. And it's not mine. <laughs> People look at you are like. Yeah, hang on <laughs> and especially when it's two dads they're like so hang on who's who, who's yep. sperm and well it, it can't be uh it can't be either of the what, like one doesn't have eggs yes that's <laughs> right
0: did you have any particular moments when you were announcing to people there's some fun awkwardness that you got to play on that a bit more
1: uh it was it's people just look at you like so hang on you're carrying for someone else i'm like yes like are you crazy I'm like I am crazy of course yes (laughs) so yeah it looks like there was um lots of humor in your team and lots of
0: positivity
1: yes yeah
0: and so lots of catch-ups too that happened um outside of appointments photo here of you guys having dinner together just the adults.
1: yeah so I was um heavily pregnant um in that um, one on the left we went to um to Doyle's for um for lunch it was our sort of we couldn't we were due to go away and um I was got quite sick. I got COVID, I had, you know, um HG. I had, you know, all the fun stuff. And instead of going away, we decided we booked a hotel and the boys booked a hotel in the city. We went and stayed there the night and then we went and had lunch and then um some non-alcoholic cocktails um prior to it was our our baby moon. And um yeah, and then the one on the, the photo on the other side is how I um offered to be their surrogate.
0: right yes i was wondering what the little baby symbolized there yeah
1: so it's a it's a record you can record a message on it and i recorded a message just saying i'd like to be a surrogate so yeah
0: wonderful oh what a fun way to do it i'm just going to ask you something there so
1: some listeners here might not know what hg is can you expand on that for us it's really bad morning sickness basically um your body um decides that it's in my in my circumstance it had a foreign object and it, it didn't like it um so my body reacted by um having all day nausea um and vomiting um right up until 24 weeks and with none of my other pre- i had morning sickness but that was to about maybe nine ten weeks with my other kids some not at all just felt a bit queasy but this i i lost eight kilos um i think by the time i finished i'd only put on three kilos during the whole pregnancy so and that was just viv really. <laughs> so I was happy at the end of it, but yeah, it was um it was it was tough.
0: Yeah. And often surrogates go into surrogacy because they had fairly smooth
1: pregnancies, but you just never know what it's gonna be like, do you? You have to expect the unexpected because you know, things like veins pop up and you know, um COVID and all those kind of things. So yeah.
0: And you're always older each time you have a pregnancy, so it's a bit harder
1: on your body. Yes, the wrinkles and the grey hairs. <laughs> And but then, we managed a baby shower. It was amazing. It was awesome. Their family and friends joined us, and it was so nice to see the community community that they'd had around them prior to to Viv being born, and then that community still being around, you know, yep. in a different shape or form. Now There's that she's here,
0: team to be involved in things like the baby shower. I mean, these are things that surrogates and IPs may or may not think about. That oh yes, the, the parents don't have a baby in their tummy. You know they had to bring the surrogate along to the baby shower, so yeah,
1: and yeah. the boys didn't want a baby shower, and I said you have to have a baby shower. So I organized it for them. So oh, it was a bit of a surprise because they didn't know yeah. how it was all going to work. And yeah, it was great. We played games and guessing comps and all the normal things that you have at a baby shower. So it was lovely.
0: For people listening there, if you're hearing what Kate's saying, so these guys were initially strangers, she organized that with the friends and family. So clearly you got to know the friends and family well. It's so important, yeah so that you were communicating with their friends and family to put this event on.
1: Yeah. I hadn't met any of them. I'd only met um, the um, Gus's mum and obviously Corinne, but the rest I actually met at the baby shower. <laughs> it was the first time we'd met wow. <laughs> and I was seven months pregnant.
0: Right. Well, I'm glad you got yeah. the chance to meet them then to see
1: yeah. who you were. It was nice. And that's, you know, how you, how you realize it, that that it does take communities in this in surrogacy.
0: And then we we lead up to birth, and so talk us
1: through the birth. Was it an induction? That day? it was an induction. Yep, based on my age and being a geriatric, <laughs> Which I don't. I don't feel like a geriatric, but in 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 um, maternal terms, yeah. I, I'm geriatric. At birth, how old were you then? Forty-two. Forty-two. Yeah. Yep. And so did the, um,
0: the labor go similar to your other pregnancies? It
1: was, uh, all my inductions had been very quick. My last birth was 12 minutes from the time that they put the, the drip in. Yeah, so that's why we made sure that we were in the hospital. Because we had the film crew, because we had two dads, it, it really needed to be a bit more planned. And um, um, it did take a bit longer. I was induced at 9 o'clock and I ended up giving birth at 3.30 um, in the afternoon. But, hey, that's not that long really. Yes. Um, but one, one big push, I was not expecting to have a water birth either. So they'd asked me beforehand, a couple of weeks beforehand, the film crew, are you planning on water birth? We'll make sure that we've got the right room. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, not my thing. Anyway, there you see it. Yes. It was, was awesome. That, was that your only water birth? Yes. Yeah. It was amazing. I highly recommend it, actually. It was very, very relaxing. Oh, me
0: too. I've had two. And yeah, I found it empowering and the water was, you know, great reliever. Yeah. And so then people around you, um, giving birth to Miss Vivian. And then so after the pool, you, you came back to the bed.
1: Yes. They so help you out of the bath and then you jump back on the bed. And, um, we did, uh, I had con- baby contact for a while. I, um, breastfed, um, straight away. And then, um, just that time to recover and let my body realize what it had done. And then, um, um, one of the dads cut the cord and then um, we did um, pass the parcel <laughs> <laughs> yes. and um, they then had their skin to skin contact while I um, managed to go and have a shower and and do all the fun stuff. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: And so then other common questions people often ask is, so how did that work in hospital? Did you stay a
1: night and did you have rooms next to each other or something? Um, so I lacked it up. I actually, we, I gave birth on the Friday um, and didn't leave till Tuesday morning. Right. Um, <laughs> um, the dad stayed, uh, they lived five minutes away, but, um, the hospital co- said that they had room. So they accommodated them in the room next door so I could breastfeed, um, some of the feeds and then, um, I would express so that they could do one of the night feeds so I could get some sleep. Um, and then, yeah, we just rotate and work out what was best. So, and I only live sort of five minutes down the road normally. Um, so, um, we continued that after. The hospital as well so it was it was it was very flexible whatever worked for them and viv and whatever worked for me wonderful sounds like there's some lots of communication
0: going on there as a team Do yeah and, and here's a photo of all the adults that made, yeah. with, made yeah. with love made with love. my big bazookas <laughs> <laughs> they are big when they're full of milk eh? Hey? oh my
1: goodness yeah
0: <laughs> and and how long did you express milk for
1: oh so i did um i breastfed for. um six eight weeks and expressed as well so as we started off with um four or five feeds a day breastfeeding and then they would do the other two express and then we wind it down and then I got mastitis so we try to wind it down too quickly so you learn from your mistakes Mm. (laughs) but um that's when I just decided to stop so then I donated the rest of my milk to the um, milk bank
0: and on that in terms of the logistics then of doing direct breastfeeds meant either they were at your house or you were at their house a large portion of the time then.
1: Yeah, it was great because that way I my body was still real. I think it's a bit of a shock to the system that, you know, one minute you have a baby and the next minute you don't, and it's not in your home like you'd normal. I think for me, psychologically and emotionally, my uterus um, contract, it help my body, you know, do what it was supposed to do. And mentally I was like, I know the baby's just up the road and um, it's not mine, but my body's still doing what it needs to do after birth. So everyone's different, but it worked for us. The dads um, came to me a couple of times a day or I'd go to them and eventually we got down to one one visit a day either way. And then it became, you know, once every few days. So I'd turn up with my milk, bags of milk. <laughs> you'd been expressing in between. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's wonderful! Yep. What a fantastic start to life, Miss Vivian's had there with your milk, and and as you say, to help your body um, in its recovery as well too. I'm going to come back and unpack that as well a bit more about that psychological feeling there. Just finishing up with some of our photos here, of the dads with a you know little hospital blanket too. Yeah, <laughs> gorgeous photos. And then I think just some catch ups here um, post births, a couple of significant events I reckon happening here.
1: Totally. So the one on the right is um, awesome. Am I right? Um, is opening night of um, Big Miracles?
0: Wow!
1: So it was quite weird because I turned up with a baby and they turned up with a baby because we're foster carers as well. So that people were like, "Hang on, did you friend? just? Skip? How did you just have another baby?" <laughs> so um, that was it. Was it was nice to um, spend that time with Viv and then obviously um, they've just um, we've just become godparents to um, Viv as well. Wonderful! So that was a
0: baptism christening there.
1: Correct baptism. Yep
0: beautiful yeah and so that's a great example again people who are brand new listening going these people were strangers and now they're godparents to the child i
1: don't know what we do without them in our lives to be honest <laughs> yes yeah
0: so they've become not just a part of your life in terms of the adults but are you saying that they've become a significant part of your your own kid's life too yeah
1: i'm I, I, my my kids love having them around I, while we went to dinner last night um, to celebrate the parentage order, um, my daughter babysat Viv while we went out and had a few drinks and dinner. It was yeah, it's um, it's a very special relationship and it's it's a nice extension. They're our family, and they classify us as um, their family too.
0: Wow! And again, for those listening, so there's a lot of trust involved there that they um that your daughter babysat their child that you know often as new parents you're a bit nervous about other people doing it right by your baby routines and whatever but clearly um your family knows her routines and and how to put her to bed and feed her and all of that that they feel comfortable and trust
1: yeah the trust has to work both ways in surrogacy Mm, absolutely very important
0: yeah let's backtrack a little um just talk more kate about the um you know the post-birth there could you feel any like the, the your body, your head, heart and hormones feeling differently? Like was your body, did it feel at ease once it had some cuddles
1: with Vivian? Anything that you can comment on there? It's funny because the whole pregnancy, it was um, in my brain, I'd gone, I had an alien. <laughs> she was my little alien. And when she was moving, I was like, oh, the little alien's moving. So when she came out, I was like, oh, thank God the alien's out. Because <laughs> you do, you try to... Try to separate that it's a bit like we have foster children, they're not our children. So I can ha- quite happily hand them back to wherever they're going or to the next place. It's the same as that's how I, I trained my brain it, it, to say, you know, Vivian's not ours or mine. So mm-hmm. um I think that made it a lot easier for my brain to cope with the fact that I just had a baby and that it wasn't staying.
0: So you were mentally ready and, and again, totally. Wow, you know, as you've been an egg donor before, and you know a foster care family here, amazing that the things that you've done. But when we say amazing, you just probably take it in your stride. It's just this is what we do. So, so were you used to the idea of that? You know, mentally handing them back. But did you notice anything different then you were saying with Vivian
1: this time round, as opposed you, to? If, it's funny you feel that um nurturing role that you you know you the aunt, the, huge aunt role that, and a really important aunt role because you've just. this baby for nine months and it's a part of you and she's sucked everything out of you to to grow and and be who she is and now I've handed her over and I feel like relief because my job has has been successful and I've done that job and now it's their job the next forever years (laughs) Um, so yeah I think psychologically that's why my brain went yep I've done my job I know what I've done and I'm quite happy and content with that wonderful yes and you can have cuddles and hand her back exactly and right her her i don't have to deal with the nighttime screams
0: Gooey <laughs> <laughs> nappies exactly and so then going back further to the beginning then so you found these boys at some point in time what led you to wanting to be a surrogate in the first place and how did well, you find them
1: it's funny because i'd offered to one of the ladies that i'd offered to be an egg donor for and she ended up falling pregnant um through ibf um with twins i was like okay well i don't don't need me anymore so um I then went on to donate um another time with my eggs um and then I still had this yearning that you know I'm still I'd still love to have another baby and Daniel's like "Mm -mm, not not with me we're not no five's enough we we shut that we shut that shop um and um I was like oh I'd still really like to be a surrogate he goes oh whatever makes you happy sweetheart (laughs) so um I got back on the um ASC um Facebook page and started you know seeing who was around and I was like oh I like that I like that comment and so I did a bit of Facebook stalking like we all do or maybe we don't but I do yes. and um I sent um Angus a message just saying look I, I know this is a bit weird but are you still looking for a surrogate and where are you at and I'm thinking about being a surrogate and we got chatting and I think that was like the middle of August and by um, this, I think I offered to be their surrogate on the 12th of October. So it, was, like, it, was, it ours was quite short, but I'd spent so long already in the in the community that I knew what I was looking for and what my expectations were. And between the four of us, Daniel and the two, two lads that we nutted out the nitty gritty of everything. And it was not a question that we hadn't asked um each other we'd gone through you know Sarah Jeffords and your webinars and and all the information that was out there and um what was there was no question that that wasn't answered and well, if, if they we... didn't answer it and they couldn't answer it then we'd talk it through to get to get the, to that response and just I just knew in my gut it was the right the right scenario and you know the results uh you know and it doesn't always work out like that for some surrogates um mm. uh, or IPs um but the importance is making sure that you you are open and you have that line of communication that you can talk about the the good things and the bad things and the ugly things you know and because yeah you just you don't know where it's going to go and and not every journey is simple there's always there can be complications um, in it so yeah it's important to make sure that you've got that lines of communication open and the trust
0: very true yes because you'll need it at some point totally to answer the question that jamie's typed in there um how did you go about picking your ips then so when you were looking through these posts was there something were you looking for two guys or a straight couple or were you there's something that did you no, know it's funny I, I
1: i thought i was going to go for a heterosexual couple um but then when i saw um one of angus's comments in the in the in the um asc community i was like I, I, you just got feeling just went uh, just seemed right and then um when i saw they'd done a post to their family and friends on their own facebook page um about the their journey and, and and um being so open and honest and then i looked underneath in the comments from their family and friends and the support that they had i was like this this is this feels right and it was funny they they live five minutes up the road they've got labradors like we do they've got chickens like we do they were just like the gay version of daniel and i without without kids <laughs> and it was a match made in heaven it was it was you, you do you just you just know and i think if you have to work really hard in a relationship it's like a friendship friendship if if, if it, it like a normal friend if you're trying to be a surrogate or an ip i think if you have to work too hard something usually isn't right i think you know
0: I like that. That's, that's the, that's a gold line there, Kate. And you're right. If you have to work too hard, it's, it's got to be organic because yes. you've got to enjoy these their company in the, in the hard times. So it needs to be easy in the easy times. Yeah. Yeah. Well said there. Were there any particular challenges then that did arise for your team when you're saying you needed open communication, whatever, were there any times that you were I glad think... that you had that good friendship?
1: Yeah, I think, um, knowing that they only had the one embryo was really, really tough for me personally mm. um, because they, it puts a lot of pressure on the surrogate. Um, and although I knew what they were going through too, because you don't want to let them down. You've gone through all these lawyers and the, the IVF expenses and and the expenses I had to get to that point too. Um, you didn't want. We don't want to let them down, and you, you don't want your body to fail them in, in a way. So my heart was saying, "Don't break their hearts um, by failing." But you know, obviously, in our, our scenario, it worked. But I think that's a real challenge. That if you're if you're not open and honest and telling them those things as well, telling them that you're you fear the that that of failure, um, it's really important for them to know how you're feeling. Don't just bottle it up and and not say anything um, if you're struggling with you know I was on my feet 24 hours a day at work uh, not 24 hours but I was on them 12 hours a day it was a, a lot yeah. um, one of the dads Adam came in and helped me at the shop um, and serve customers and cooked fries and you know you just you really need to open those lines of communication it's so important to, to ask and be willing to ask for help because for someone like myself who's so independent and likes to do things their way and get things done give a busy person something to do and they will get it done faster than anyone that's you know um it was really important for me to break down those barriers and say i need help yes because
0: you're an independent woman and now suddenly have to ask other adults to help you but it's a way of involving them in the pregnancy too totally yeah and they'll have memories of helping you out at the shop too (laughs) So, so true good stuff One of the questions that somebody's typed in here is that what would happen if the hospital wouldn't accommodate IPs to stay the night after birth? Does the baby stay at the hospital? What's your insight from your
1: time in the community there? Yeah, every hospital is so different and you really need to be an advocate for your surrogate and your team. I've got a friend who at the moment um, is at a different hospital. Um, They haven't had a surrogacy journey there before. So um, I was able to give them some inside knowledge of what we had um, at our hospital, both private hospitals, um, mind you. So being able to, even if it's just one of the IPs, and how that how that looks, having your husband there or your partner as your primary, which most people want. Um, I know Beth, one of one of the IPs, and then it, it's just everyone's individual. But being an advocate for your surrogate and um, and your team is really really important in in um, finding out the, what the hospitals allow. Yeah. yeah.
0: I would say in my experience, it's very rare that it doesn't happen. The IPs are usually staying in the hospital as well, but advocate. So it's even maybe before you're pregnant, find out which hospital you'd like to birth in, ask them if they've got a surrogacy policy. And then certainly when you're early pregnant, start the conversations because you might have to educate the hospital about how surrogacy works if it's the yes. first one. So I think most people, you know, it's a very joyful thing to be around for midwives and doctors and they'll accommodate as best they can, but th- but it still might be new to them. And particularly during peak COVID times, there were some challenges there yeah, of people there, but um, hopefully as things ease off there, moving into the future and more surrogacy getting done year by year, that hopefully things will improve there. So I think it's much more common for the ips to be in the hospital yes yeah so i'd I'd agree with that one too um and in terms of time kate you mentioned like an august october of a particular year so once you you know officially offered and then you did the paperwork like the counseling and the legals and stuff do you remember how many months that took you to get through all of those appointments
1: Uh, so um i met them in the august i offered in the october i did have a little stipulation (laughs) that i really didn't want to be um pregnant or due to have a baby in over the summertime, yep. so we had little time constraints. The gents had already started egg in the October. They started, that so there was quarantine. So once they had their embryo created, they had the testing, and that was done. So um, I was um, up the duff, or had my transfer in February. So it was, and she was born in October, twenty twenty-two.
0: Like a year and a bit over first chat. Yes, yes,
1: fast. It was fast, but it, it was the right fast for us. Every team is different, and I, and I say that in thing because and everyone I talk to about surrogacy, I reiterate the importance of it being a marathon. It's it's you know everyone's marathon is different. I do marathons quickly, <laughs> but most most people um you know take their time, and it's really important to make sure that you have the nitty-gritty of everything
0: mm. and i think for brand new people listening to this i'll point out Kate wasn't brand new herself to the world no. of autism. so she'd already been an egg donor many times which means that she had already built up connections with strangers yes multiple times fast tracking a friendship to get to know them and what that would be like and therefore already had experience because some of those donor babies had already been born in terms of what does a friendship look like in the future with people that you weren't friends with before yeah you sort of you were more experienced in this world coming in
1: I would say Um, Yeah. yeah so I started my egg donations in 2018 and then so and then I offered to be a surrogate in 2019 um and then obviously did more research and and worked out what I would wanted and what would be best for our family and and that sort of narrowed it down I suppose. Mm.
0: So yeah, I think uh, yeah in your head you you were in, already in that marathon in some ways. You were yes, yeah. <laughs> um, anonymous has asked here then perhaps how long do you recommend? I'm not sure if they're directing that at Anna or Kate. That to surrogates should know their IPs before starting. I'll, I'll add in like a rough guide. If you imagine the journey overall might be about two years. Yep. So, obviously, the pregnancy is nine months, but it might not work first go. So, it could take you a year to get pregnant. And then, if you sort of have a year in your head, we sort of would recommend if you want a recipe, um, six months of sorrow dating. So, Technically, I offered to Matt and Brendan on the second time I met them. But what I offered was I said, I want to be your surrogate. I want to be exclusive so that you're not dating anyone else and neither am I. Yeah. And then in about six months' time, I'll officially offer. And at that point in time, we'll move forward with the counselling and legals. And that's what we did. And then yeah. took us that time to do our paperwork. And then that's because they could only start creating their embryos with their egg donor from that point, And then the quarantine for the embryos. So for us, it was a year... Um, uh, from when we first started chatting to when we had our first transfer, which didn't yeah. work anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think a six-month, but again, it's as Kate's saying too, it does go on your gut instinct too if you feel comfortable, um, but also try and make sure you've done things in that time, like maybe met some of each other's friends and family or particularly the IPC yeah. and the of its kids and all of that sort of stuff there.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important to um, be wise and open to um, what's around you. Um, and, and people get this idea of, I'm going to be a surrogate, um, I'm, this is what I'm going to do, but there's so much more to it in, in learning and looking at the resources around you and, and learning from other surrogates too, you know. And I think that's also why the, Australian, the surrogacy commun- um, support group has the three-month um, thing before you join their community because they want you to understand how the, the actual surrogacy community works before you join the support group. Yes. Yeah, so what Kate's mentioning there is
0: there is also a surrogates only Facebook group, which is about, I don't know, 150 to 200 women in that across Australia. And so that's often where surrogates find their, their support with their surrogate sisters. So yes, I think what you're saying there is it is important to have friends to, to talk about this journey with, not just in your own team. Mm-hmm. An anonymous question here says, a single gay male, should I have the embryo first, then find a surrogate, or find a surrogate first, as um, Kate's
1: timeline seemed to work? Any advice on that one, Kate? Um, I thought, by law, that that you had to have um, a surrogate before um, an embryo was created. I know different states
0: are. So and think. so that's tricky, yeah. So some of the hetero couples who have already been through IVF have made their embryos. Yes. Um, we had Dr. Shardy on as a um, your Dr. Shardy. Yes. Host a, a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying they yes, they're allowing the creation of that. At the moment so okay. but it might depend on the clinic so hopefully, yes. that's something over time that's
1: going to change i think it's very important that they are, in some ways that they are created beforehand because it it makes the journey um a lot more simplified um because you know like me i was i was i'm only getting older and um it, pregnancy as you're older it does tend to be a bit harder um, so um having those embryos created and it also gives the surrogates um a bit of a guarantee that you're committed to this process and that you're willing that you've already made that commitment to, to having um, the process of surrogacy.
0: I absolutely agree. I think I hear anecdotally that surrogates would prefer that the embryos are made, mm. but then they know sort of what they're dealing with or yeah. if you've only got one, you know, are you prepared to move to donor eggs after that? If they're a hetero couple. And And for those that are listening and for your team, was there a backup plan?
1: Um, yes, yeah, so um, that's when Adam's sister had to do the second round because they only had the one embryo. So I did the tra- I did the transfer, and the day before, day that I did my transfer, she went in for her egg collection. Oh, what a day! Yeah,
0: so were they able to make some more embryos? Yeah. embryos? So they've got two more. Yeah.
1: Oh. So sibling um, 2 point zero won't be me because I've retired from surrogacy. One and um, done. So yeah, so they will be looking for another one if anyone's looking. <laughs> Little plug for them there. <laughs> Pimp out, they make yeah. great they're great peas or IPs. Well you'd have to share them then, eh? They'd yeah. Like... I'm happy too. They're just awesome blokes. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. makes that community bigger too. That's true. Would it feel weird at all having another surrogate be with No, you? no. I just, <laughs> you know, we're all pretty cool and crazy. But it yeah, I think um I'd love to see them um have, if you have a little brother or sister yeah. and um, you know, um someone else to share the share the joys that I've had, you know. Wonderful.
0: Yes, well, that's that's a lovely little plug for them there. (laughs) So as we sort of come towards the end of tonight here, so think about any parting advice, Kate, you've got for people or are there any extra challenges
1: or hard times that are worth mentioning for people to learn on? Um, I think the hard times are um, making sure that you have sorted out or not um, discussed the hard things. If you get pregnant and there's an issue, um, are you willing to terminate? Are the IPs willing to terminate? They're things that people don't tend to talk about or don't like to talk about and they're really really important what happens if you get really ill and you're on bed rest from um six months or seven months who is going to help you around the house who is going to um how is are they going to financially be able to support you and um you're not working mm. um they're the really big ones that i mean we got to the point that you know my legs were pulsating and i had to and that's why they came in to help me at work um so you know, the physical challenges were for me um, the hardest being a bit older um, and your body not coping as well as it did, you know, 12, 12 years ago. All in all, I think just take your time and follow your gut. If if something's not right, you really need to open up and talk about it and find out what that why you've got that gut feeling that something's not right and enjoy the ride
0: great advice i think for my team there yes we would sometimes put the hard conversations on the table and then sometimes we might say let's come back to this in a week but then we knew we'd come back and that was the thing that needed to be talked about and and you just have to yeah get
1: through it don't you totally one hell of a ride it's fun it's ups and downs um but at the end of the day um to be able to hand over um a little baby to someone who would otherwise not be able to um have a baby yeah it's amazing and definitely one off the bucket list that's for sure absolutely (laughs) not one on everyone's bucket list but it was definitely um one one to do and to be able to be an advocate um through big miracles and and our story on you know it's actually it's funny my son was is doing legal studies and his teacher showed big miracles in their in their lesson so you've got 25 boys um, year12 students learning, learning about um, gay marriage and surrogacy and I think you know what's the world has opened up its doors to so many different things and if if one person like myself can be an advocate and support I think the world can be a better place
0: I totally agree. And me being a teacher, I was pregnant in a school, and so every ki- kid there who saw me pregnant learnt the story. And so I think, yeah, we that's how we get the word out there. And th- that yeah. next generation, like your your own kids there, that they've seen their mum be a surrogate, and their friends know you, you would have done it too. So yeah, they're all pretty proud of you. Thanks. Thank you for sharing your time with me for this episode. If you're finding these episodes helpful, please share them with friends. If you'd like to see the images mentioned, head to our YouTube channel for all of the recordings. If you're looking for more individualised support, consider joining SAS, Surrogacy Australia's support service, so you can be connected with a mentor and also with me to help guide you on a journey. You might think of me as your Siri for surrogacy. Until next time, welcome to the village.